G'day. Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, Aussie SEO nerd based in Texas. As you know, we have lots of guests on this show from thought leaders to educators, etc. Today, we've got a, a practitioner for a quite globally known software business. We've got Bart Vandermeer from Leeds.io. G'day, Bart. Welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here. Before we get into full introductions, Bart, and, and a bit about your story, I'm going to ask you that one question I do ask everyone. I'd like to know what do you feel is the biggest challenge, the number one biggest challenge facing SEOs in 2023? 2023 is going to be the right people as it's been a difficult job over the last few years and it's not getting any easier. So hiring the right people, getting a good structure in the team, definitely challenge number one. Cool. Well, yeah, it's, it's always good to get a practitioner back on, someone who's like actively trying to build the authority in the site and, and going through that process of getting the right people, getting the right people in the right seats and then, you know, building a strategy and then tactics to follow off on that. So Really great to have you here today, Bart. We are going to dig into a bit about your career history and how you've gotten to where you are, but I'm really keen to dig in and find out more about you know, the work you've done at leads.io and, and some, of the, some of the wins, some of the learnings you've had along the journey. Let's, let's get straight into it. Talk to me about your very first role in either marketing or in SEO. Like, how did you fall into this? So I started with this because I took an internship at a, at a flower import company, obviously, since I'm from the Netherlands. And one of my jobs was to create a web shop, which I found interesting, but that kind of rolled me into, if we want to have a web shop, how do we build it? And then how do we get people to it? So from there, I learned about SEO. And it turns out that I like SEO a lot more than creating a web shop or designing things. So that's actually how I got started. And that company allowed me after the internship to stay on for a couple of months, but only if I had my own company, because they wouldn't want to have me on payroll. I, I, they needed an invoice. So I said, all right, I'll just start a random company so I can invoice you guys for a few months. And from that, I got like my first actual client who was doing 200, 300 euros a month, something like that, which was a... Big win for someone who's just starting out, kind of grew from there. And then before you know it, you're 12 years ahead in time, having your own agency. Yeah. Very cool. You, you started building that website and then you're like, okay, this has got to get found. What were some of the things that drew you to SEO? Like, I'd love to hear like some of the stuff that you discovered early on. You're like, oh, that's cool. That That's, that's interesting. Well, the fact that you could stack up growth is what really it's still what, what keeps me in SEO, that you can do something and it having an effect for years and years to come. And you can do that over and over again and see a fantastic graph in Google Analytics. That's, that's basically what, what got me in SEO and what's keeping me in SEO. 
And then once you start, you find out that things change, sometimes at a slow pace, sometimes at a fast pace, which is also something I really enjoy. I think that's, a, that's such a true statement around just the stacking on growth, because if you do it right, you build a foundation, it compounds year after year after year. You're building yourself a really good base to then build on again and build on again. And obviously, you need to go back and, and reiterate sometimes when there's algo changes or user behavior changes. But, you know, in, in sort of contradiction to something like paid media, where the stuff that you build, as soon as you stop, as soon as you stop building those ads, you know, it's not like you keep getting that traffic through. So it is does kind of give you that sort of long-term reward, which, you know, 12 years in the game, you'd be loving to look back and see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are some of the brands that you've worked on over the journey? So 12 years is a long time. You've been through well, yeah, what, so, Panda, well, Penguin. I had my I had my own agency for 12 years, and, and now it's my second year at Leeds.io. So it's actually almost like 14 years in total. Uh, so so currently for Leeds, we, we have very large brands. Greenmatch is probably the, the most famous one. So if you... Google for anything solar panel related, for example, in the UK, you will find us probably at the top. And Boiler Guide is another big brand, which we have at Leeds, and we're currently launching more. And in my agency days, we, yeah, we used to work for, for very large brands here in the Netherlands. Uh, probably not like the Apples and the Amazons of this world, but brands that are pretty big here in the, in the Netherlands. Tell me about when you first started out, but who were you learning from? Who, who did you look up to? Were you... Did you have any peers that you're able to learn from? What about in the Netherlands? What's the SEO community like in the yeah. Netherlands? That's what I want to know. So it's it's really great now. I think it matured only over the last few years. It it really matured, and we got some some communities and things like that. But but back in that day, there was nothing. There was Rand Fishkin, I think, was the the one SEO guy for everyone back then. Bill Slacky and Brian Dean. I think Brian Dean was the first. I think I saw Rand Fishkin more like as a visionary and Brian Dean more as a practical uh, practitioner. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was it. And later names like Matt Diggity came into play and yeah, and, and a bunch more. But yeah, it was not a lot when, when I started out. But that was also part of the fun, right? Like it's very valuable, but nobody really knows. And especially that I don't think there were any Dutch practitioners that have that had any meaningful blog or, or yeah, well, YouTube probably wasn't even there yet. Yeah. Cool. So you're one of the OGs. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're talking 2009, 10, 11, 12, there's lots of really big changes in the Google landscape over that period. Do you have any, any horror stories or any like aha moments through that journey? I, I had Eli Swartz on here and it was, I was a uh, penguin or panda and he was saying that was the moment where product-led SEO really made sense to him and it really formulated in his mind. So do you have any seminal moments from back then? No, I remember the caffeine update being pretty awesome because all of a sudden it didn't took weeks and weeks and weeks for things to, uh, well, we'll get properly indexed and notice some change. So that was the first time when I thought, all right, so things were very slow and now things are pretty fast. And if they can keep up with the speed, my job's going to be a lot easier and a lot more fun. I focused on content for for most of the time, I think for the first like seven or eight years and only started doing link building after that. So no real problems. You had changes like you used to create like a page for a plural and, and, and a singular version, right? That those, I, I would live through those times. So those were quite changes. 
I think Hummingbird was also one that, that got a step into the direction of not needing to do stuff like that anymore. But we never had real horror stories. But, but also don't forget back then, it didn't really matter what you did. Like it was pretty easy to rank and traffic was still, Google was getting more and more daily traffic every day. So even ranked third, you know, not a lot of ads, more people come every day. So whatever you did, it worked. So, so a lot has changed since 14 years ago. Cool. So let, let's talk about where you're at now. So leads.io. So you've been there for how long? A year and a couple of months now since we got acquired. Okay. I'd, I'd love to understand who leads.io is and, and who your customers are. And then we'll dig into how your strategy was formulated around that. So what, what, what do you guys do? Yeah. So leads.io, we're a lead generation company on our way to become the number one lead generation specialist in the world. And basically when someone needs leads, whether it could be like a small installer or just need a couple, needs a couple of leads per month, all the way up to the large brands who need, well, a lot more than one, a couple of leads per month. We can provide that. We do that on a no cure, no pay basis. So you pay an X amount per lead and we give it for, we give that for you. And one of the things we're currently doing is building our own brands. So, so greenmatch.co.uk is, is an example of that. So the Greenmatch brand is the UK, it's in Denmark, it's in Sweden currently. We have it in Norway and we are actively building out that brand to different countries and different parts of the world. So B2B, is it global? Like what's the, the, the reach like in terms of geographical? Yeah, so, so it's about 15 countries. So Canada, the US, all big countries in Europe. All right. So talk to me about when you first started there. Like what was the SEO situation like? What, what did they have? Did they have a team? Was it, was it agency? Well, tell me about that resources at that point. Yeah. So what, when I started, it was a relatively small SEO team in the Nordics working, working on the sites. And so, and then Leeds acquired my company, which, which meant we had, a, we basically tripled the team by doing that. And from there, so, so resources wise, like we had all the right tools. So Ahrefs, you know, the Google search console, Google analytics, obviously, and the Lumar for, well, it was called deep crawl then for tech support, keyword Cupid for keyword clustering. Uh, yeah. I, what do you use for crawl? What do you use for crawling? Uh, deep crawl. Well, it's now called Lumar. Oh, deep crawl. Ah, sorry. And, yep, yep, yep. Cool. Yeah. And, and screaming frog for some specific cases. So, so they started with a relatively small team. Then it, then it tripled when we joined, when we got acquired. And from there, ever since I joined every quarter, we've had more people and more revenue coming from SEO. So we're still growing at a very fast pace. Cool. So let's talk about that point where the team tripled. What, who's in that team? Like, what, what are we talking? Have we got technical SEOs, outreach, content? What does that look like? Yeah. So we have a link building team consisting out of digital PR and, and link builders. So, so we split it up in digital PR being more of a general getting high quality links, but not specific to money pages. And we have a link building team whose task is to get links to money pages. Um, we have a, a content team. Actual CRO team is also part of the team. And of course the tech, which, which currently is one technical SEO specialist supported by about 50 developers. So did you say the CRO team sits underneath SEO as well? It's not underneath SEO, but we have an organic team 
and organic both SEO and CRO. So they sit together in the same room cool. and they work together every day. So is it hundred percent in-house or do you have a mix of, do you have agency or consultants or how does no, that work? No, we have hundred percent in-house. So we tried a couple of things to outsource, but it wasn't really a success. So at this point we do everything. I mean, we might have, we might have some freelancer who will help us out for a very small thing, but 99% is in-house and we have experts for all the fields that we're in, like solar panels. We have outside experts, which we can consult for very technical questions or the impact that some invention might have just to make sure that we have the latest and the best information. Okay. So I've got a good handle on, on the people resources situation. What was the actual SEO situation when you started? Like was the site ranking? Did it, was there any particular countries that it was doing well in? What, what were the priorities? Yeah. Well, when the, the, the countries is the UK mostly and Denmark and Sweden, that's where we're pretty big SEO wise. So the sites that, that, that leads had were already ranking, already doing very well. So they focus on certain verticals like solar panels, like heat pumps, and they are already pretty dominant in that, still are. So it's not like I had to start from scratch. It's more the opposite. They had a solid foundation, really good digital PR strategy, but now we had to build it out and grow. And well, that's where I came in. So then in that first 90 days, what were the key actions? What did you go, okay, cool. There's my, there's my North Star, but there's my low hanging fruit. Like what, what did you put in place? Yeah, so Leeds is a rather large company, so it's it's not like you can start and you can immediately start changing things. So first I had to work out my vision for the next five to 10 years and the strategy behind that. Um, then I had to convince both the board and the investors that this is the right vision and why it, why it is the right vision. So that was a large part of the first 90 days. And then once we agreed on that, we had to make sure that everyone from the department got the vision, understood the strategy, make sure we had priorities within that. Of course, in the first 90 days, I had to get to know all my new colleagues, make sure everyone once stayed on board. But also we quite, like at the end of the 90 days, started increasing our team quite significantly because everyone agreed on the vision and the strategy. And that means we need more people to grow. Yep. I'll tell you what, that's, it's not often that I hear about people in that first 90 days selling into the C-suite. Here's where we need to take this over five to 10 years. Like that's, and that's what you should be, but so many, so many SEOs will, and so many like C-suite executives will go, great. I get it's long-term. Where are we going to be next year? You know, like, where is that selling? I want to hear more about that selling in that five to 10 year vision plan. Like what sort of documentation? Did you have someone like an advocate? internally at the C-suite already who was giving you the, the juice to, to project that far ahead? Or was it something that you thought was, look, this is just vital because of the potential opportunity? It's something that the, the CEO specifically requested, like we need a vision for the company, but it's also something that the head of marketing felt he needed. And it's also something that I felt I needed to give. So I think we pretty much, the three of us agreed that that needed to happen. But then it needs to be supported by facts and numbers and all those things, especially for the board who is less SEO savvy. That's a beautiful thing though, that kind of harmony where you've got your head of SEO, your head of marketing and your CEO going, we need a long-term vision around organic authority in our site. That's, you must admit, was that something that 
I mean, you were working for a company that was acquired by them, but you, well, did you think owned, at the time like... owned a company that was acquired. Oh, you owned? Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Well, there you go. So, so was, part of was that part of the... Yeah. God, yeah. So while we're... I was going to say... Negotiations, we were talking about these things because for me, it was important that we were on the same on the same page, SEO, long-term, teams, et cetera. So all those things we, we figured out before we got acquired. Yeah. Okay. So that wasn't luck. <laughs> that was alignment. Very intentional alignment. And I love it. That's, that's great. So your CEO is on board, marketing manager yourself. You've, you've got that alignment. You've put together a vision. You pitch it to the board and they go, yep, yep. full steam. And then you have to start, you're staffing up. I understand that part of it. What were some of the hurdles though? Because, I mean, you did have those, that alignment, which is great. You got the board on board. Yeah. But were there, were, there, were there any detractors or objectors or was there anything technically or resource-wise that you struggle with? Yeah, so I think getting the right managers for the team that we were looking for was was like a hurdle. It was already something I was struggling with when I owned my own company. So we were 20 people and I was the only manager because I couldn't find find anyone. So that's that was a struggle. And then the second thing is making sure that everyone at the company has like the same workflow, same SOP, same quality standards, you know, structuring that part, especially because after six weeks when I joined, we did another acquisition of a big website, well, several websites actually with a team. So a lot, so those were the two biggest hurdles when we started out. Luckily, also with the acquisition, we had some really good people, so we were able to make that work. And then the, the, the hurdles moved to scaling, like, and scaling different different challenges so sometimes it's process sometimes it's people sometimes it's technical but but the, the getting the right managers in was crucial and still is it's still the same managers as, as it was started i'd like to dig into that just a little bit more so you did you so did, am i right in hearing that you you found i mean you had good specialists and you you didn't have as many issues getting the actual technical staff but it was the people managers on the management side was it finding people with experience like we or even was it like technical SEO managers or content, or was it more broad, generic, like general managerial people? Were they SEO experienced or was it, I'm just curious about the exact yeah. type of people you're looking for. So the manager for the content, we actually already had inside the company. So, so that wasn't a problem. So there was someone who was working on content, different types of content for years. And that was perfect. It was more someone with actual SEO, SEO knowledge. So all the managers that I found had zero knowledge and you think, well, if you're a great manager, you can just learn SEO, but in practice, that didn't really that didn't really work. Also, keeping in mind that we were already growing really fast, right? So it's hard when you're growing really fast, and then you would have a manager with no experience, so you need to teach him or her everything. So we opted out for just trying really hard at every angle to get someone in with with already a few years of knowledge. And after I think like six months, we found that someone. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. I think that's I'm, I'm a massive MBA fan. And I know I'm just, I think about, you know, if it's, if a coach or someone's going to come in general manager, whatever the position is, they don't have to have played at the highest level, but they have got to have a pretty good understanding of it for the, for the players, which is essentially specialists are to take on board any of the feedback to actually, and I've worked in positions where someone's come in as my manager and they've got actually no idea about my role yeah. and it just makes it really hard to, to, you know, have any kind of respect there, unfortunately. So yeah, I get that's, that would have been a, win, a huge win. On the system side, you mentioned like you, you, 
buying other sites, there's acquisitions happening. So then you've got to try to integrate all of those in standardized systems and, and SOPs. Yeah. I'm curious about the tech stack there. Like what were you using to migrate everyone to and what were the challenges you had on that front? What challenges didn't we have? No. So when it comes to workflows, we do most of the things in Asana, which worked out best for us. And Leeds as a company already worked in Asana. So we just added all the organic workflows from SEO, zero content, et cetera which we still do and works great. Tech-wise, all the sites we acquired were on WordPress, Atlas WordPress, and the sites that we owned were on Umbraco, which probably you've never heard of. Maybe? No, no, I have. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so there's a big difference between those two systems. So we took the time to figure out which is part of like the vision and the strategy, like oh, what type of platform do we need? What type of capabilities do we need? And within roughly 12 months, we started migrating the first sites into our, our own developed system. So we're currently still in the process of migrating every site one by one to the system we have created now for ourselves. Great. And then in terms of like team communication, are you using like Teams or Slack or what's the go there? No, we have a workplace. So uh, ah, okay. Facebook, Google yeah. Workplace. Yeah. And that's what we mainly use for communication besides just having a lot of video calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your te- where's your team? Is it spread globally or is it mainly in Europe? What's the- yeah, so we have three offices in the Netherlands where it's spread out. And we have an office in the UK, an office in Copenhagen, and an office in Toronto. So it's spread out through all, the, all over the Western side of the world. Got you, got you. Cool. All right, so then let's talk about some of the results you've been able to... So you, that's a huge... It's a long-term plan. I get it. You're only, you know, 20% into your, your long-term vision. Yeah. And I'll, probably some of the biggest wins were getting the right people in place. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But are there any tangible, you know, results or, or numbers or anything that you've been able to achieve or any, any particular countries you've been able to rank in that you, you're really happy? Yes, but I can't share any yeah. of that. Okay. Okay. No. So all I can say is that we are, we're growing really fast and expanding really fast, but that's about all I can share. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. No worries. So then what do you see as you, you've got this big long-term plan and I, and I appreciate that you're just a small way into it. What do you see other than now that you've got your, do you feel like you're in a good place with your people now to scale? Yes, but the team is now at the point where, where we're probably going to face some new structural problems again. Like you have these different phases, right? So if you're a single person, it's fine. And then up to like five, six people, you're good. And then every so often you come across a, a threshold and we're starting to hit the next threshold. So um, I'm preparing this year for probably needing more managers and things like that. Got you. Growing pains. Yeah. So, but what, what do you see is like the, the key outside of people, the key to your future roadmap for this, for SEO wise, for, for leads.io? Yeah. So there are actually, I think, two big keys. So, so one of them is like half of my day is consumed thinking about scale, which pro- people process, but also maintaining qualities, maintaining proper workflows. So just scaling is half my job. And the other part, well, besides strategy, is about innovations. So, of course, chat GPT just popped out. So what does that mean for us? I know a lot of people are really, really hyped. We take a more long-term approach so where we're looking into like what does it mean how can should this be part of workflows or not and 
what what can it do? What can't it do? How good is it? Well, so far, it's sort of underwhelming, if I'm honest, compared to the quality that we output. But for ideation, for example, we find it quite useful. So making sure we stay ahead of Google updates with the EAT change, for example, you know, edit the other E, all right, so what does that mean for us? What does it mean for our workflows? So those are the two keys to success. So the innovation improvements, uh, raising the, the standards for our qualities, uh, our quality standard, and, and thinking about how do we do that and still being able to scale at a fast pace. Interesting you mentioned ChatGPT. Chat GPT, especially like if we consider that in terms of your planning for a much longer future, right? So you're right. Like lots of people are jumping on it going, oh my God, look at all this copy we can produce. That's amazing. Let's, let's get heaps more copy on our site. Let's get it ranked in X amount of time. But if everyone's got access to the tools, it's just going to be a boatload of generic copy that you're fighting against. So who's looking beyond this next six to 12 months while the internet just becomes like bloated with all that generic AI written copy. Exactly. And what 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 do people want? I mean it comes back to what do the users want? They want UGC. They want you know, they want more rich content. They want those types of things. So the the SEOs that are looking beyond this short little period and going, okay, cool. Yes, it's a good tool. To your point, as a as a conversation starter or thought provoker, as a tool to to get us on the way, great. But as a tool to replace and just start pumping out boatloads of content, that's short term thinking. Yes. And and at some point, some Google update will probably hit you, which which is not our way of doing things. So, yeah, it doesn't really change that much for us, to be honest, at this point at least. And I don't know what it will do in the future, but I think it's too much hype now. While, you know, the fundamentals of SEO haven't changed for 15 years, produce the best possible quality of content and get links toward that and, and your ranks. Cool. Well, Bart, thank you so much. Really appreciate hearing your journey and also just getting like, you know, really tactical into building out those teams and the challenges that you're facing in, in growing it and love the long-term vision and the planning for that long-term vision and the alignment that wasn't accidental, that was very much intentional. So thank you for sharing all of that. Now, every episode we do go through our quick Vox Pop. So I'm going to fire some questions at you Good. pretty quickly. I'd just like to hear the first thing that pops into your mind. If you want to give a little explainer, that's fine, but then we're going to move on to the next. Okay. All right. We'll keep it short. All right. Ready, set? Yeah. Which previous Google algo change still keeps you up at night? None, actually. No. What is your favorite non-obvious software tool that you use every day to either research or execute? A Nightwatch Google Chrome plugin. It allows you Nightwatch. to see search results okay. in different countries. Gun to your head. Which do you prefer, content or links? <laughs> that's a that's a mean one. Content. <laughs> okay. What is the most effective link building technique that you've ever used? Creating content assets on the right topics. Great. Is the skyscraper technique still relevant today? If you want to pay, with a few exceptions, otherwise probably not. Okay. What do you love most about SEO? Well, like I said at the beginning, the compounding growth. Yeah. How do you apply SEO principles to your daily life? I would guess trying to figure out the balance of quality and quantity, as it is in content, in links, that applies to my daily life for sure. Great. Work from home life or office life or hybrid life? What's your preference? Working from the office, 100%. Cool. SEMrush or Ahrefs, if you had to choose one? Uh, I'm an Ahrefs guy. Agency 
or in-house or combo? What do you think is a good mix? Well, I've had my own agency for 12 years and been working for house now over a year and I like in-house more. I like to focus. But thank you. Really appreciate your time. It's been a really great conversation. Got right into the weeds of a few different things. So I appreciate you. If people would like to, to reach out, if they'd like to find out more about yourself, peek inside that, that big SEO brain of yours, what's the best way to, to find you? I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So catch me there. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Well, that is another episode of SEO Success Stories. Bart Vandermeer of Leads.io has joined us today. Thank you again, Bart. Look, if you enjoyed this episode, I think that was a really great one, especially like getting into like building out of a team and resources and the like. We've had a few varied guests and this was definitely a different conversation to what we've had recently. Please jump on, write us some feedback. We are on our Apple reviews hunt still. I think we're closing in on 70 or 80 reviews. For a niche SEO podcast, it's one of the highest reviewed out there, but I really want to hit that 100. So if you enjoyed it, if you like the sound of Bart's voice, if you like the sound of mine, get on board. Apple, five stars. All right, I'll stop talking about that. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. SEO success stories. Thank you so much, SEO nerds, for tuning in. Thanks again, Bart.